Uh, welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay, watching the movies like the miracles that they are. Today, surfs up as we go undercover and figure out who's been robbing all these banks in Point Break. I told you I had it. I told you I had it. I'm James Fight. To my left is... Aaron Salinas, uh, editor, chief snuggler guy. I'm going to get back to the feature out. I promise. People are chomping at the bits for it. When? Uh... Yeah, set, no, a, you're set gonna, a date. Yeah, set a date. That's how goals are made. Set the date. <laughs> Today's the second. We did it in November. Um, <laughs> the audio's real, right? <laughs> it's, um, it's, I just got to transfer it to film. Across from him is... Kenny <laughs> Madison, chief archivist of flatfilms.com. I uh, keep a record of all the episodes of Shame Watch. And we just, we're, we're ramping up our social media presence. Please, if, you, if you're online... Uh, look at us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Shane Watch Pod. We love to talk with our fans. It's all about the fans. We're just reaching out. 2020 is the year of the fans, and that's for you, you guys. S- you sound sarcastic, but I know you're genuine. It's actually the year of the rat. It's the year of the rat because we think our fans are filthy vermin. <laughs> <laughs> and today, our special guest is. Lane Ingram. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. And I'm taking this moment to like Shame Watch on Facebook. Aww! Aww. Thank you, Lane. Who's winning? We're winning. (laughs) That's right. Year of the Rats, our year. (laughs) Lane, you have your own podcast. Right. I have, let's see, how many failed podcasts do I have? Uh, I'm on three or four right now. Thank you. Uh, I I have two failed podcasts. (laughs) So um, I feel you. Right. Uh, so uh, most recently, yeah. But are you happy? Is the name of it. Yeah. yeah. But are you happy? And mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I thought you were asking us. Was like we're going yeah, real deep all of a sudden. <laughs> well, it's, it's a great podcast. I recommend everyone listen to Thank it. Thank you. Because it's it destigmatizes uh, yeah. uh, therapy and mental health. Exactly. It's about destigmatizing mental health, but also combining comedy. So it yes. has to do with like the intersection of mental health comedy. Uh, art in general, but kind of a focus on humor, and so keeping it kind of That's fun awesome. and lighthearted, but also talking about yeah. serious stuff too. It's really great, yeah. and I love it. Ah, I'm so glad, so glad. Because uh, Lane, for the listeners who don't know, you are a therapist. Yes, that's right. I'm a licensed professional counselor, a therapist uh, with a private practice here in Austin, and uh, and I'm also a goofball comedy uh, performer person, uh, an improv guy, and so yeah, kind of combining those two worlds whenever I can. I don't know what this well. By the time this episode comes out, this event will have already passed, most likely. But I'm doing a live podcast recording under the name, at least for right now, The Mental Health Happy Hour. Oh. Yeah. So look for that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be under the Yeah, But Are You Happy uh, podcast uh, uh, name that we have, or mm. if it if it might branch out. My co-host Katie Stone moved to Los Angeles, That's and correct, we're still yeah. figuring out what the future of Yeah, but Are You Happy is going to be. But, well, you yeah. answered my next question <laughs> then. So good. Yeah, good. yeah. So today you brought us Point Break. Yes, Point Break. Yeah, big fan of Point Break, and I guess it counts as a as a guilty pleasure. I feel like I was shamed for watch for loving it growing up, and mm-hmm. now I feel like it's almost come full circle, yeah, where it's sure. almost cool to like 
yeah. Point Break as a guilty pleasure. It's been such a critical reappraisal of Catherine Bigelow's career, director Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Uh, just in general, and this I think might be her crowning achievement. Yeah. Just the pinnacle of her abilities as an action filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, coupled with just. That thing that Keanu does every decade of recontextualizing his entire career where you're just like, Keanu's down and out. He can't do anything else. He's such a bad actor. And then every <laughs> single decade, no, he great. comes from behind. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. I remember. Keanu's kind of the greatest. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. absolutely the greatest. <laughs> Icon. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it. Icon. Icon. He's the Whitney of our generation. So let's yeah, touch on that the shame. The Whitney? No. <laughs> yeah. He's the Whitney Houston. Of oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Eli Whitney, yeah. the cotton gin, Whitney Cummings. Cummings. Yeah, he's basically the Whitney Cummings. <laughs> of yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. yeah. So, Lane, what, why did you feel guilty for liking this when you first watched it? Yeah, I, uh, I was. this came out when I was about 11 years old, and I was just devouring every action movie I could get my hands on. I grew yeah. up on, like... Terminator uh, T. I think this was also the summer of T two, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Terminator, Predator, RoboCop, all of that good stuff. Nice. And um, uh, oh, was a big Dirty Dancing fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, Patrick Swayze was at one time the biggest star on the face of the earth. Yeah. Like for a couple oh. of years there, uh, Dirty Dancing just overnight made him a household name. And uh, he, I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas, Fort Worth. Mm. Patrick Swayze was kind of like, he had like a, a Texas ranch outside of Fort Worth. It was a little bit of a hometown hero kind of a thing with him. Mm -hmm. My older sister, who never had any posters up, aside from like maybe Madonna and Depeche Mode and Duran Duran, mm -hmm. she had like the big Patrick Swayze <laughs> um, poster boy kind of, uh, you know, se sexy. It was like the Farrah Fawcett, but for... Uh, the, the Farrah Fawcett poster yeah. of the 70s. This was the 80s uh, Patrick Swayze uh, sexy icon. Uh, and just Point Break comes out. Uh, I love action movies. I love James Cameron at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah. And the, the folklore is that, I know you didn't ask for this quite yet, but the folklore <laughs> is that, is it right? rather not hear this. <laughs> Is that James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow, you know, they were an item at the time, supposedly part of the greatness of this movie is oh. James Cameron's kind of unofficial uh, stamp. Supposedly, okay. him and Catherine Bigelow did an uncredited rewrite on this script. Oh. Well, because Bigelow does not become a at this point is not a capital F filmmaker at this point. Definitely not. She's yeah. been delivering uh, quietly great movies. Yeah. Uh, ever since uh, her debut, The Loveless, uh, go listen to the wonderful Catherine Bigelow miniseries on Blank Check to get a little bit more uh, information on her mm. her career. But this is this is the thing that kind of sends her into well, not necessarily the stratosphere, but this film is relatively successful. Uh, that is able to get Bigelow more work for the rest of of, of her career until K nineteen, The Widowmaker. Oh, oh, yeah. I've actually never seen K nineteen though. It is it is the cinematic equivalent of a shrug. <laughs> it is it is just it's it's long, uh, and then she doesn't make a movie until a Hurt Locker, which is like eight years. Wow, wow. I think. Dang. And, yeah, Grabs and, the Oscar gold. Yeah, and Hurt Locker is just this quiet 
this quiet movie that comes out in the middle of the summer by Summit, who was kind of a nothing studio at the, mm. I think it was Summit, and then just kind of slowly is like, actually, Loki Hurt Locker is really great, <laughs> and then just keeps quietly performing mm-hmm. until that year where it pulls Best Picture. And then Avatar is like, no, we got it, we're gonna win, and then Cameron's <laughs> like, we're gonna win, and then Catherine Bigelow is like. No, I mean yeah, we can all, we can all agree. Right. Avatar yeah. is the best film of all time. <laughs> I mean, it was it's number one yeah. for a reason. Money equals right. greatness. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. That's true. That's <laughs> proven facts. I mean, I could argue, but I'm not going to. It's just the best. <laughs> yeah, no. Movie. There's no plot holes in it. None. <laughs> less, there's they're blue. There's no Deus Ex. So they they win. Every <laughs> they're blue. They just win. We should we should do an Avatar episode. I don't want oh, to. People yeah. like it. Though. Let's talk tar. <laughs> Let's do so it. some people talk might not tar. share Real the same quick. love. It's such an icon it. of a movie. Ben Stiller dressed up like one of the blue people. Oh what? yeah, That's I like that. That's uh, a weird thing in people's memory. <laughs> what? Or you didn't know? I had no idea. Yeah. Ben Stiller dressed like a, the Navi, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah he dressed up like a, a Navi <laughs> for Why? the at the Oscars. Yeah. And he asked, okay. Was this where he was kind of like in a special effects suit, or is yeah. that something else? And or? he had like a full-on tail, and he was like <laughs> announcing an, a winner, and then uh, he was just like, "This, this didn't land." And like, <laughs> and like, you just like, and the nominees are. <laughs> It was a yeah. Just was it just to a blank crowd. I think like, it was for visual effects. I think that was the or or a makeup or one of the two. It, it was best supporting actress. <laughs> <laughs> Nominees for sound mixing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, look it up. It's a good vid. Good. Vid. All right. Yeah, yeah. We love you, Stiller. Big fan of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Come on anytime you want. Uh, but some, some people. Wait, wait, James. What? I want. Tell me who the lead character of Avatar is. The lead character? Yeah, tell oh. me the name of the lead character <laughs> yeah. of the second highest grossing film of all time. I, I can't even tell you the name of the actor that like played <laughs> yeah, that protagonist no. guy I, anymore. I, I know he's a white guy. I think it's Tom. Tom? I think it's an Agent Tom. All I can remember is Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Right. Well, I and forgot that. Sigourney Weaver, but I can't tell oh, you. Oh, yeah, Sigourney's in there. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington. Sam, Sam Worthington's? What? Yeah, no, uh, for the listener at home, uh, James just shrugged with his entire body. That's just the reflexive <laughs> thing that happens to every human body whenever you're, whenever anyone hears Sam Worthington. You're like, what? Who is, who is yeah. that again? Uh, it was almost like a, a uh, Apparently you're forgetting his star-making what? turn as Marcus in Terminator Salvation. You know, Marcus? Uh, <laughs> the classic Marcus. Marcus. You know, Marcus. Marcus? <laughs> The, you know the character we all love, we, Marcus. My, our favorite character from the Terminator franchise. It was going to be the Marcus. It was going to be the title, Terminator Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> but uh, they were just like, no, we'll do something else. It was like a steely question mark, <laughs> yeah, to the, kind of indicate the tone <laughs> that the audience would say it every time they bought a ticket. The, the Marcus Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite sketches that SNL did was the papyrus. Video sketch. Oh, that's a oh sketch. yeah, it's great. That's right. And now that I'm a UX designer, oh, I, wow. I appreciate typography a lot more now. Yeah. So it's funnier. <laughs> so anyway, some people might not uh, share the same love for Point Break like Lane does. Can can you provide us some yeah. context before I add any context to why someone uh, might not like Point Break? Are we done with Avatar? 
<laughs> I'm not going to make any promises. It, the conversation's thing. on the table. Here it wasn't Agent Tom. It was Agent Jake. I Just Jake. Just Wasn't he an agent? He's like a military guy. No, because Jake Sully, we've got more to talk about Jake Avatar. Yeah, we need to open this up. They, they had to get Jake Sully mm-hmm. because his brother, his exact twin brother, yeah. was in the Avatar program but, but but died for a reason. Right. And Jake Sully was the only one that was compatible for the Avatar program, so they, comp- so they recruited him. Right. And was it a big part of it? I don't know if this is insensitive. Yeah, so much to say Probably about is. But because a big part was like he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Is that insensitive now? Because that was in 2009? Uh, Lane, you're a licensed professional. I don't remember that. this. Yeah. Boy, I, saw, I guess I saw it once. <laughs> I also saw it once. Ten year, 11 years ago. Yeah, 10 years I, ago? Ele- I think it came out in 2009. Yeah. Okay. Again, second highest grossing <laughs> film of all time. And we're like, did I see that more than once? And oh. I'm sorry, the number one is what? Endgame. Uh, oh, Avengers Endgame, Endgame which okay. is the greatest film of all time. Because of money. <laughs> yeah, um, it's money. Because of money. Uh, the only... Okay, so y'all kept saying Sully, and I just imagine... Um, Tully? Uh, no, Sully, the one with uh, Tom Hanks <laughs> yeah. in this movie, morphing. And it's god awful. And it's just those birds flying that they ride flying into the plane. See, I was thinking just... I, I was thinking of uh John Goodsman's Sully and Monsters Inc. All three of these combined, <laughs> combined. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. Do you know what the tagline would be for that movie? It would be I see you Marcus crashing <laughs> I see you Marcus. I was gonna say I was gonna say I see you crashing your plane on the Hudson. Oh, that's but yours was a lot I more because the catchphrase from Avatar is "I see you." Let's get some. I did not know there. that either. That I didn't know. That. Are we Damn. sure that we don't have any? Oh. I I've got a lot to say about Point Break. <laughs> I do too. I honestly, I've do got too. a fair amount of notes here. It is connected in the James Cameron sense. He <laughs> yeah. does have an official producer's credit on Point Break. Yeah. This was the prequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Keanu gets shot in space. Can I just say the uh, what's the name of the um, the font, the Avatar font? What's it called again? It's um, something dumb. I can't remember. Off UX the guy? P- papyrus. It's papyrus. Papyrus. Yeah, yeah. It is papyrus. papyrus. Yeah, is 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 Point Break or Avatar for that matter? The papyrus of movies, and that it's so bad. It comes back around and it's oh. good again. No, because Avatar, <laughs> Avatar is not actively bad. It's just it's straight down the middle. Yeah, mm, and it's, yeah. it's visually exciting, but the storytelling is is not necessarily revolutionary. Yeah, uh, but James Cameron is a very effective filmmaker. Uh, so it would be like I don't know, maybe the Times New Roman of the yeah. films where we're like, no yeah. one actively likes using Times New Roman, but it's the most widely used font. Yeah, it gets the job done. Face. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a Times New Roman 11. Not a fan, but I'll use it. Hey, gang, I'm going to make a pitch for Helvalka. Helvalka is a great typeface. It's a great typeface. It's very easy in the eyes. Yeah. It's a sans serif. Yeah. But Hel- like Hurt Locker is the Helvetica. Yeah. Because people yeah, yeah. are like, I love Helvetica. And then you look at how many times people actually use Helvetica. Not that many times. Yeah. But every time you use Helvetica, you're like, this is just a well put together font. <laughs> Less <laughs> is more kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's just Jeremy Renner in a nutshell. Just like, <laughs> like, where's this guy been? Yeah. And then it comes five years, couple Avengers movies, and then something else comes over. You're like, where's this guy 
he's been doing work. Yeah. You know? I like. Yeah. Uh, can I say Jeremy Renner it has my vote for maybe most underrated uh, 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 SNL monologue of all time. Oh, oh he, yeah. he delivers a great monologue way way back in. Uh, I mean, at this point, coming up on maybe seven, eight years ago, it was, yeah. he was promoting maybe one of the. Uh, I think it was Avengers. Maybe the fir- maybe like the first Avengers yeah. though, because yeah. he did an Avengers sketch. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah with the a- oh with the arrows. He's yeah. like, Hawk, I use the arrows. I'm all out. It was. Like- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So what are you gonna do? Stand here. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was what was the monologue? And again, the he, film we're talking about is point, point break. break. Yeah, Sorry, point. yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, no. Renner comes out and he does a, a perfect example of the 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 kind of up and coming movie star who we don't really know at all as mm-hmm. a person, and then comes out and is like he surprises you with how funny he is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this Jeremy Renner guy. He actually he can poke fun at himself. He's funny, and then. Homeboy starts playing the piano. What? Starts playing the piano and starts doing uh, 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 song parodies that are actually genuinely good. That's and dude awesome. can play. Hey, and like has a good great. singing voice. And yeah. then you're just like, what a charming young man. <laughs> and on top of that, <laughs> yeah. and on top of that, he's a makeup artist. He's really? Yeah. He was a, that's how he kind of got in the game to begin with. Oh. He did makeup. What? Yeah, he was a... I'm not sure about special effects, but he would do like your bass and he would do all that. He was a makeup artist because Ellen talked about it. She was like, a lot of people don't know. But he was like, yeah, I, I, he just like cut her off. He's like, yeah, I did makeup. And oh, they were yeah. like, so what's your tip? And he he like, he gave a full out beauty t- tutorial. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And so on top of that, you're like, where's this Helvetica been? God damn, I really like it. And then it just kind of clicks yeah. and then you never see it for two more years. <laughs> Well, I think it's official that Jeremy Renner is the official mascot of Shamewatch. Wind River is an amazing movie. I don't, I don't want I've heard that. Amazing film. Yeah? Yeah. Love okay. it. Even when, uh, I didn't watch it until Del Toro tweeted about it. And I was like, well, it's oh. Del Toro, so I have to watch it. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's an amazing film. Uh, it's one of the Olsen. It's Scarlet Witch. Uh, I can't remember Elizabeth which Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. There we Good go. Good job, James. Um, I'm on it. And yeah, fantastic movie about uh, like... Uh, reservations and like the Native American reservations and how it's like just unfair treatment. It's just a great Ooh. movie. Again, movie we're talking about is it's not Avatar. Rate. It's point it's Avatar. But another uh, James Cameron <laughs> stamp of approval. Hey, well, Del Toro connects to Cameron. It, yes, he Big does. time. Big old time. Yeah. He, uh, he Cameron fronted him money for his parents. Yeah, which I didn't know this until just in like the last year or two. Mm-hmm. That this And that they go way back to the 90s. Yeah, really? Del Toro and uh, and. In James Cameron. He was a visual effects guy for Cameron on a film. Is I forgot which one. And Del Toro's parents, or f- parent, father for sure, it might have been both of his parents, were kidnapped and, in Mexico and he needed the money. Yeah, and, I remember you telling me this. And he was like, I don't have it. I, I can't. And Cameron's like, I'll front it. I know. Yeah, Cameron, who, who was like, I think, yeah, kind of knew Del Toro and was a big fan of what? Kronos? Kronos. He yeah. was a big fan of Kronos and was like a champion of this up-and-comer mm-hmm. Del, Guillermo Del Toro. And uh, as soon as Del Toro's like on the rise parents get kidnapped assuming like oh this person's up and coming I bet bet he's rich but like he had just barely hit the scene Mm -hmm. Cameron gives him the money and I think also financially helps Del Toro move his entire immediate family to America to avoid further kidnapping held for ransom deals that's awesome yeah and then on top of that I think he loved Cameron so much that he moved to Canada (laughs) 
Del Toro. Oh, really? oh no shit. He he has a home in LA for movie purposes, mm-hmm. but he's his main home is Toronto. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, so I think they kind of do like a shared space. Well, uh, at Toronto. one point, Del Toro was going to make a movie of the Lovecraft uh, at the Mountains of Madness. That was going to be oh yeah his thing mm. and. Universal went no, and James Cameron, the highest grossing director of all time, was like, "Yeah, I'll produce it. Let me do whatever you want, Del Toro." And Universal was like, "No, absolutely not. I'm not going to give you guys 150 million dollars <laughs> to do at the Mountains of Madness." And there's a really lovely, there, there's one of my favorite podcasts, "The Best Movies Never Made." Oh. They they actually read out Del Toro's script for at the Mountains oh. of Madness, and it it is just superb it is so wonderful wow yeah awesome. yeah and uh he's got another flick coming out antlers that i'm actually kind of like oh yeah hey, they just started production that i'm so excited <laughs> yeah he, i'm i'm happy for del toro man got his wa- star on the walk of fame he's got his oscar got his oscar which is i just being on letterbox can get really frustrating because i was reading a review of shape of water and someone went this cliched Oscar bait bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, it's about a fish man. Cliche. There is one genre that the Oscars are unkind to, and it's movies about fish people. <laughs> in the board meeting of every Oscar meeting, it's like, yeah. are there fish people in it? Hey, Can't s- have it. We've got two <laughs> questions. One, can we get Billy back? we got to get <laughs> Billy Crystal back as host. Two, Better, ex- better yeah. exclude fish people movies. Anyways, the movie that we're talking about <laughs> is Point, Point Break. Break, which has people who swim in the water, kind of like fish people. Boom! Right we brought it full circle. Bam. Read that context. That might have been the longest, most wild tangent we've ever. Done. Are you sure that no one has anything else to say about Avatar? <laughs> no, it's dead forever. Again, it's dead in the water. Second highest grossing. Again, Avatar I can't make two. Promises. Avatar two. It's gonna be going in the water. Real quick, what's the connection with <laughs> Avatar and Disney, and why is Avatar in the Magic Kingdom uh, or the uh, well, the Magic Tree thing? I, uh, Disney had worked out some sort of licensing hmm. to build Avatar Land. Again, the movie that we're talking about is Point Break. Is Catherine Bigelow's Point Break? Correct. Uh, Catherine Bigelow, who we barely talked about, where we talked about James Cameron extensively. <laughs> today. Well, just like uh, society treats. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they had li- worked out some sort of licensing deal to do Avatar Land, and uh, Avatar was made by 20th Century Fox. Uh, and Fox is now owned by Disney, so that makes Jake Sully an av- uh, a Disney princess. Welcome to Cam Watch, uh, a <laughs> podcast exclusively talking about Cameron stamped films. Today's Cameron stamped film is Point, Point Break. Break. Brought it again. God, job, real quick, does anyone of- else have anything <laughs> to say about Avatar? I can't no. make a promise. No. Okay, let's get to Point Break talk. There's so much to talk about with this movie. Uh, Lane, one of the things that we like to do here is provide a little bit of context as to why someone might feel a little bit of shame. Now, you've already talked about your personal experience. Yep. Let's bring a critical yeah. appraisal of this film at the time. In a review titled Point Break, Thriller Sizzles, Then Fizzles. Whoa. During third it, act. We call this part... The context. That's correct. But 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 context. <laughs> By Stephen Hunter of the Baltimore Sun, published July 12, 1991. <clears throat> F. Scott Fitzgerald maintained that there were no second acts in American lives. I'm beginning to think that there are no third acts in American movies. It's as if Catherine Bigelow and the writer W. Peter Illiff just threw up their hands and said, Oh, hell, what difference does it make? It's only a movie. 
Bigelow is marginally famous as the woman who makes macho movies, always heavy on boy toys like six shooters, Mossberg pump guns, and speedy Camaros. This time, a young FBI agent with the unlikely name of Johnny Utah, Keanu Reeves, James Flagg that, uh, joins a wily old agent named Angelo Pappas, Gary Busey, Flagg that, Flagg. in a hunt for four surfing bank robbers dressed like ex-presidents. In his quest, Utah discovers the mystical Bodhi, played by Patrick Swayze. Lane, you flack that one. He's a kind of Yoda with pecs, given to spouting <laughs> beguiling nonsense. <laughs> given to spouting beguiling nonsense and controlling the situation with eerie calm and his intense blue eyes. Part of the problem is Swayze, not the actor, the icon. It takes a while, but it soon becomes obvious that he's a monster. It's as if Bigelow is afraid to face the implications of Swayze's character, and the film expresses great indecisiveness about dealing with him. This is a guy who shot an extremely heroic policeman point blank. He deserved the wrong end of a three fifty seven magnet magnum, not a Wagnerian Goddard-Demerang. The ending in other ways is equally dithered. The action is never clear. The ending action spills from bank to airport to airplane to midair to desert, but never quite narrows and builds so much as sputters out and must limp sadly to a dissolute, uh, dissolute denouement that begs for the postscript many months later. Did a dry California wind scramble the script as they moved into the third act? Did the tape recorder go on the blitz as the story conferences? Was there a fire in the editing room? Wow. Just, <laughs> they just end it there. Oh, that's funny because they think that reflected how the movie ended. Yeah, I, I did a, I did a little bit of re-editing. You can read the review, of course, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and what uh, what publication was that published in? Um, that classic film appreciative uh, magazine, The Baltimore Sun. The Baltimore Sun. Okay. That's absolutely correct. Thank Blaine. you for finding that. That's interesting. I, I'm uh, so I just want to make this very loud and clear because um, I feel like it's important. This is my first Busey film. Just uh, and it's everything I'd imagine a Busey film would be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, Angelo Pep. <laughs> Some great names. Well, yeah. th- this is the beginning of Busey becoming the Busey that we know today. Because yeah. at one point, Busey did not have a brain injury. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, he <laughs> fell off a ladder, right? Uh, I. Uh, I think he was in a motorcycle Wait, accident. what? I didn't know this. Yeah, but Gary Busey was at one point a genuine, an actor that you could take seriously. Dang, y'all uh, do your research. I didn't know that that's part of why Busey has been synonymous with like kind of a loose cannon. Uh, yeah. Uh, Busey was severely injured in a motorcycle accident in which he was not wearing a helmet. Ooh, James. I, wow. I, I live dangerously. His skull was fractured and doctors feared he suffered permanent damage. What? Which I'm pretty sure that Busey was nominated for an Oscar for his performance as Buddy Holly in the Buddy Holly story. Jeez. Uh, huh. So he was, and then couple that with, uh, he was the bad guy in Lethal Weapon, uh, where he's oh. giving a not Gary Busey performance. Yeah, Mr. Joshua. That's right. Uh, he he was just a regular actor, and then he got into a brain injury, and things changed, as they often do with brain injuries. Yeah, um, that's absolutely correct. And uh, this is my—I haven't seen a lot of Swayze films. Sure, but Have you uh, seen Dirty Dancing. Yeah, Dirty Dancing, Ghost. I haven't seen Ghost. Tu Wong Fu. I haven't seen that. Uh, that might be my favorite Swayze film. You've seen uh, more than me. And uh, I'm gonna say. He hot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's Swayze. Yeah. Hot, man. I get it. 
Like, I yeah, get it. It, it. He was like running or he was doing something athletic, and I was like, I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I verbally said it out loud. I was like, huh, okay, makes sense. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is just uh, the depictions of masculinity and femininity in this film. Yes. Uh, because this movie is one of the rare pieces in the action film Pantheon that's directed by a woman. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning shots uh, are of. Are, are of male bodies framed in a way that I, I, I believe indicate that this is specifically to, um, I don't know, objectify these specific men. Mm-hmm. You don't see their faces. You see their chests and you see their abs. And not only that, but it's, they're glistening in the water yeah. uh, as well. Um, and uh, film nerd 101 film theory 101 water equals ladies water equals oh. femininity water equals life so lady in the water is just like two on the nose basically in in film terms that would be lady and the lady james you're absolutely correct so Thank water you. world is lady world yeah it's lady world which is why every man is like this is a nightmare so shape of, shape of water is shape of lady oh most definitely and, oh and lady bird is actually water bird absolutely james. good job man i'm on it Wa- water and the tramps <laughs> But the the opening <laughs> shot of this movie is uh, men commandeering water uh, on on their surfboards. They're masters of being able to be. They're they're masters of being in communication with femininity. Oh. Uh, and you couple that with the introduction of Keanu, who is holding a gun. Uh, Johnny Utah. Sorry, Johnny Utah. <laughs> Which is the most Keanu name I might have. Oh, ever yeah, heard. so I good. It. I, I loved it. it. So uh, great. Who who's introduced in the rain? Holding a gun, which is which is the phallus in movies, so he's just mm. drenched in water, holding a penis. So, uh, Aaron, if, if isolate I, that, I, move it to the front of the episode, yeah. and I want you to peek. <laughs> so, Kenny, if, if I'm hearing you right, Top Gun then would be Top Penis. <clears throat> Absolutely, no, yes, most definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you changed the the name of that on posters, people would walk by with it, no problem. Yeah, there would be yeah. no question. Yeah, about our that. collective dads will be like, "Yeah, I'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine." America's next top team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I just say I love how uh, so Keanu Reeves plays Johnny Utah, mm-hmm. who uh, is from the Midwest, yep, but talks like a surfer already, correct? Because yeah. he is Keanu, yeah, uh, and but blew his knee out at the Rose Bowl as the quarterback for Ohio State. I just love all this backstory against USC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Against, against USC. USC. Yeah, that's right. He's from Ohio. Yeah, but nowhere near Bowling Green. I took it away from James. Do you oh, know sorry, that Bowling Green has uh, two hills? Yes, James. We know that it's got two hills. And, and uh, Wayne, this is a, a population of 30,000 when college is oh in session. James, we're talking James, about, we're talking about Columbus, Columbus. I'm Ohio. just saying, well, my Bowling Green is two and a half hours James, away from Columbus. Uh, James, this episode's already been airtight. We need to not <laughs> talk about Bowling Green. I just can't help it. I like, I like BG. Uh, speaking of hills, those floating mountains in Avatar. It's just like they're floating. Uh, yeah, I love how the the knee injury actually plays into the story because it's not just yeah. like a throwaway thing. Oh yeah, there this script is a switch watch, a switch watch, a swatch watch, a Swiss watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, everything comes back around. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, the the mooning at the beginning of the movie in that first heist had a very yeah. key reason. For yes, doing that. exactly. Yeah. Which it's it's such a fine line that could very well be have the audience just rolling. But I I feel like just watching it yesterday, I'm like, oh, of course. She nails it. She somehow <laughs> makes that not a comedic beat, which mm. is wild. Because I don't know if you know this, America thinks butts <laughs> are hilarious. <laughs> They're real funny. Poop comes out of them. But the, yeah, fart. <laughs> that opening heist I love because it, it establishes that these guys are wacky. Yeah, these yeah. are a wacky bunch of uh, heisters. Yeah, they don't hurt yeah. anyone. They like to show their butts. Mm-hmm. They have a sense of humor about shit. They call each other by their presidential name, yep. like Dick and yeah. And, I just remembered. Them yeah, like, like yeah, they give little. They're doing little impressions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Nancy. Uh, we got a Nancy. Some or Nancy yeah, yeah. in for the yeah. the dime or the. Yeah, I've got Ron. I've got <laughs> Nancy on the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I, so I will say, like, as soon as that happened, because Swayze has a very iconic voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. feel like I can pick him apart in anything. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, so he's a bad guy. Like, oh, I got yeah, that yeah, right yeah, away, yeah, yeah. but I when I started happening, I was like, well, maybe he's doing it for good. Maybe he's a Robin Hood of, right, of right. something. But yeah, it's uh, right off the bat, I really liked this movie. Oh, oh awesome. I, I'd never Had you seen, seen it, it before? No. Okay. So when I, I saw like on the schedule, I was like, okay, point break. And I kind of like let some time pass. And then when we were originally going to see it, I typed in Breaking Point, which oh. is a 1951 <laughs> classic. And I was like, I don't, I <laughs> no, don't think this is right. <laughs> and I started it, and I was like, huh, still don't feel like this is right. So about two-thirds into the movie, I checked what? the schedule again, and I was like, point break. Giving up on this one. But how was point breaking point? Ah, yeah, uh, boring. That? 1951 breaking point was boring? Yeah, not a big fan of it. Why, do you just not like 1950s movies, James? Don't look at me, look at Aaron. I was asking him. I watched and it, confirmed. and I gave my opinion, but you came at it with a very... Uh, I like Casablanca, all right? I do, too. That's not a 50s movie, James. Yeah, That's but a 40s. It's, old, it's older, and that means I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Breaking Point, I was like, huh, this doesn't seem shamey, just not my cup of tea. And then I'm still watching, I was like, oh. And then this started, I was like, right on, I'm on board. Just sign me up. Oh, to me, this is like the quintessential 80s movie movie. Yeah, it has an 80s movie vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's, 91. It's, yeah. it's like tipping its cap. It's like, yeah. we're in the 90s. But it's still, it's still, <laughs> it's still 80s. Like. Miss you, well, it's, it's, it's on that cusp right before editing just explodes into being rapid fire action. Scenes. Yeah, before yeah, this, yeah. no movies were edited. That's yeah. absolutely true. Uh, what was really marvelous about uh, just watching Robocop, for example, one shot, All 1917 one shot. has nothing on. I, I don't know. Yeah. Which is why Birdman. Because Murphy gets shot and then changes into Robocop. But that's all in just the same camera shot. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. The way they use off-screen action is just the mise en scene is incredible. Just, I'm just imagining <laughs> breakfast breakfast at Tiffany's in a one shot, and it's <laughs> kind of pretty, shot. kind of pretty. Yeah, which is awful because Mickey Rooney is that awful Japanese stereotype. Yeah. That's 50 minutes because they have to do a huge costume change in the middle. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but uh, it so. Keanu, uh, Speed is... Is that 89? Speed is a few years later. So this okay. actually, Catherine Bigelow, 
loved Keanu as an action star, and the yeah. studio thought that was insane. They did not see Keanu as an action star. This Just is his John Wick. Yeah, this is his first action movie. Really? Oh. So because of this, you get Speed, The Matrix, the uh, John Wick, The Replacements, yeah. <laughs> My Own Private Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he had been, like my own private Idaho was just like a couple years before this. So like the thought of him being a, a you know a, the protagonist mm-hmm. in an action movie was kind of weird. And they actually had offered the Johnny Utah part to Swayze because he oh. was the biggest star out of the two. And Swayze was like, no, no, I'm more attracted to this uh, Bodie role. Which mm-hmm. you, I mean, this this role, this is like the perfect marriage of actor and role this is in my opinion one of the absolute greatest like the right actor for the right part at the Mm -hmm. right time Mm -hmm. like he sells those lines those lines i i just have pulled up here i really thought you're real quick i really thought you were gonna say i'm really attracted to keanu (laughs) that's like the best fucking compliment to get from patrick swayze yeah really attracted to you i would die Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. I, have, I have peaked. There is nothing else after this. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, and they were originally going to call the movie Johnny Utah because yeah. of Swayze was going to be the title character. Oh. And then when he switched roles, they were like, uh, let's call it something else. And then eventually, probably like a month before the movie came out, they decided yeah, yeah. on... On Point Break, but I was just gonna say, uh, Patrick Swayze, the greatness of of uh, of him in this movie, I think, can be summed up in a scene where he's walking with Keanu. Keanu, forgive me if I'm jumping the gun here, but I just gotta, no, I gotta, I gotta. He, they're talking about um, some of the other surfers, mm-hmm. and uh, he says. Um, uh, the other two, they think there's some kind of death squad around here. And Keanu says, what's their program? <laughs> Talking like quasi high tech. He's like the young FBI guy. Yeah. Not like what's their deal, but yeah. what's their program? <laughs> and Keanu, and uh, Pat Swayze says, their brains are wired wrong. They're into bad shit. <laughs> and, and Keanu, who's like, Ever the narc is yeah. like, like what? Illegal shit? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Swayze's little, uh, he goes off on just like this, the tiniest speech here, but he turns it into such a beautiful moment and it's shot from way far away, way down the street. So it feels like you're peeking in on this kind of this beautiful male camaraderie, like a healthy male friendship kind of moment where he says, he goes, he goes, maybe. I don't know. That's not what I'm talking about. They only live to get radical. Great oh, line. I love that man. line. I like to quote it around the house all the time. <laughs> if I'm looking at my dog and he's asleep, I just, he only lives to get radical. I just, I don't know why I'm attracted to that line. <laughs> uh, but they only live to get radical. They don't understand the sea, so they'll never get the spiritual side of it. You're not, and then, and then if Keanu says, you're not going to start chanting or anything, are you? And, and the way Swayze, he kind of giggles here and he goes, I might. And, uh, and he goes, so, uh, you still haven't figured out what riding waves is all about, have you? It's a state of mind. It's that place where you lose yourself and find yourself. You don't know it yet, but you've got it. And that moment to me is like, it sums up why on the page that probably looked like a ridiculous, 
chunk of dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Swayze brings it to life in this way where you're like, I want to be his friend. I want to yeah, I want to surf with this man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, just listening to those lines out of context. <laughs> well, this is also the thing because Cameron and Bigelow did an uncredited rewrite on the darn thing, uh, and that's the thing about Cameron or Cameron acolyte dialogue, which is it just it sounds bad out of context, but you're watching it and you're just like, oh yeah, of course, this, of course, this <laughs> yeah. sounds absolutely right. I'm immersed. I'm like, immersed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's oh man. <laughs> yeah, the dialogue was probably one of if, my favorites. If you, film, right? Like, yeah. yeah. If you take Terminator Two line by line, you're like, this is the worst movie of all time. But just it, it's right. this movie is just so effective, and also. It's about surfer robbers. Yeah, that's, that's great. Dumb. Who as presidents. Yes, that's silly and dumb, and this could have been so B-movie. Right, because it is. I mean, I think it is, in, in a lot of ways, it is an exploitation movie. Yeah. It's a producer's... I think the story of this, how this movie this got made... This totally could have been a Corman movie around yeah. in, the, in the 60s whenever uh, surfer stuff was Around surfer... Yes, I think the story of how this movie got greenlit is there was some producer who read an article in like the LA Times about surfing culture and mm. and just was like, let's make a movie for the surfers. And if you know, we, they probably had like a spread sheet like if we keep the budget under this amount it'll intrigue this this uh, the audience of this new thing called the x games huh. and what with the rollerblading and the skateboarding and the, skateboarding and the and, bmx and the bmxers and and yeah and it's like let's exploit that little community and if we can merge it with another genre uh like bank robbing uh then we've got a movie we've got a picture and then i think it was bigelow and cameron who are like well let's try to make it good though i mean let's <laughs> yeah sure let's uh, make let's a try statement let's yeah. try to get people to Show yeah, jeez. Uh, Lane, uh, may I beg your permission to go on just the briefest of side tangents? Absolutely. Uh, Aaron? Oh, we're, we're going to ask permission for this one. But <laughs> well, that's before we started. Sure, the previous 20-minute one. <laughs> that's before we started, Aaron. That was now just, we're in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was just organic. Yeah. Yes, I granted. James, uh, granted. Because my first note yeah. uh, while watching this movie is specific, Very first one. specifically for James, because you're talking about how this for movie me. potentially being based off of some article oh, uh -huh. about getting into a subculture and, cr and crafting some movie about an FBI agent infiltrating a uh, subculture, mm -hmm. a very popular subculture of the time. Yes, yes. James, does this sound like any movie that we've yes. covered on this podcast before? I'm so glad we're talking about this. Uh, this is not a tangent at all. You know that tractor pulling movie we want for Pulling Green, Ohio? <laughs> yeah, what about it? No, what? No, what? Just, I don't know, something that makes you feel a little bit wild. Wild speed summer? Let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about Fast and Furious Fast being a remake of Point Break. What? Yeah. Uh, totally. Fast and Furious is a remake of Point Break? What, wait, wait. There was no DVD players in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first heist in this movie is the ex-presidents robbing a VCR truck. Oh. oh I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I think part of the reevaluation. and this is in my in my opinion, I can remember in the mid to late 90s when I would uh, let my freak flag fly in being a Point Break fan. I would get shit from, from friends and stuff, and then I would have them watch it, mm -hmm. and the parts, anyway, the parts of the movie that seemed to always click no matter who I was showing it to, were the skydiving sequences. Oh, wow. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. skydiving sequences. Oh, my yeah. lord. So, so cool. It was so, so impressive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. gorgeous. But then, uh, something happened. The movie 
Fast and the Furious comes out, and there's a little bit of buzz like, well, <laughs> you should go back and watch Point Break. Well, then I have friends going, have you heard of this movie Point Break? Suppose and I'm like, dude, you got to watch Point Break. And then everyone watching Point Break is like, this is fucking Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so there was like a little bit of a reevaluation period yeah. in that whenever that was like 02 or something, 01, yeah, 02. 02. 01. Yeah. I just really like that. They're like, hey, have you seen Point Break? And you like hit a light, <laughs> yeah. light switch and just yeah. posters come down. <laughs> There's a little flag just of cut out. And the plane like, just takes off his shirt. <laughs> There's a black light Johnny Utah. Yeah. Like, what about it? <laughs> Lane, I thought this Patrick Swayze poster belonged to your sister. Uh, what's it doing in it your did. bedroom? We met yeah. a compromise. Yeah. And then much like Ghost, Lane goes up behind yeah. his friend and helps them put a Point Break DVD <laughs> yeah. in yeah. the DVD player. That was stolen from yeah, the Fast yeah. Furious franchise. Uh, but like, for me, the, the analogs are none more present than whenever uh, Johnny Utah and Tyler are in a restaurant and Tyler is behind the restaurant counter and Johnny Utah is like, yeah, I want a shrimp and fries. Which is... uh, Brian and and, uh, Mia in... In the first movie, it's like, I'm here for the tuna sandwiches. Yeah. The tuna oh, sandwiches, man. man. The tuna sandwiches. Oh, that's almost a direct reflect. Oh, that and, is and a direct. Oh. Then just watching Point Break, there are times where I just you can close your eyes, and it sounds exactly like Paul Walker giving. Oh, yeah. They have very similar affectations. Right. Uh, but Keanu Reeves is, is giving a much better performance here. Because there, there's that. Uh, exactly. R.I.P. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. Thank Can't you. this man rest in peace? <laughs> God rest his soul. <laughs> that one sounds like I'm making fun of. It. Damn it, uh, uh, Lane. We have to apologize. You have to leave. Yes. <laughs> Local comedian canceled yes. for making fun of Paul Walker. Yeah. Kicked out of uh, an improv scene. Uh, local podcasters start a riot. Le- <laughs> Leading page of the Statesman. Yeah. <laughs> The Where Austin Chronicle really. It was a slow news day. Yeah, it was a <laughs> yes. but no, no, uh, Keanu. Yeah, very similar to to, to Walker, I think. Which is part of yeah. why I can remember uh, even like picking up on those similarities between. I liked Fast and the Furious kind of because of some of those tropes. Yeah, like, yeah. they're kind yeah. of just tried and true good tropes like Mm -hmm. uh i can remember uh uh this is one example it's so out there and yet it totally uh it it, it, it's it's such a shining example of how that trope is still used all the time is um there's an episode of family guy where brian the seth mcfarland show james (laughs) i'm on board now brian the dog oh who's like always like uh he's in the show he's known to be like a progressive liberal uh, dog and uh he becomes friends with rush limbaugh has anyone ever seen this and and they their friendship is forged when brian is attacked by like a street gang and rush limbaugh comes out of the shadows to help him fight off the street game and they successfully fight them off and it's like this when in fast and the furious if i'm not mistaken isn't there a scene when dom that's and right. Paul Walker, whatever his name Brian. is. Brian. Right, yeah, the dog. I think his name is just Paul Walker in the yeah. movie. He's playing an actor <laughs> being an FBI agent who's going undercover. But isn't there a scene where they fight off some... Yeah, there's the rival thugs. Game. There's the rival street and their fr- gang. Their friendship is like... Yeah. Much like mm-hmm. in this, you have the... 
when they fight off Anthony Kiedis of yeah. the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. at the beach. Uh, <laughs> who had cool hair, by yeah. the way? Oh, I think yeah. it was Kiedis who had the cool, like... Everything about it was, like, this separated. movie is cool. Yeah. yeah. And I love Kiedis. By the way, Kiedis, this is one of those lines where it's like, you know, like uh, Seinfeld, you know, you have one line in a movie and mm-hmm. it's like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Like, you have the one line and you overthink it. Anthony Kiedis, his one line, and he just sinks his fucking teeth into it. He goes, they're like, uh, Keanu says to him, so let me get, so this is where you guys tell me that locals rule and I should stay out of your beach. Yeah. And Anthony Kiedis is one line. He goes, that would be a waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, he puts so much attitude into that one line. And that was the 12th take. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, fuck it, we'll take it. No, I I have to get it perfect. I have to get it perfect. (laughs) That'll be a waste of time. Got it, guys. I got it. Yeah, Bigelow was like, you got it on the first take. He (laughs) just using his red hot chili peppers to clout. He's like, no, I need one more. <laughs> That'll be a waste of time in California. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be funny if I had made that joke up? Like, <laughs> the moment you asked me to do this episode, I've been sitting on it for like six weeks. When we get to Anthony Kiedis, I'm going to say Dabba Dabba California. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> Your entire house is just covered with yeah. different lines. What the fuck can I say? There's uh, red strings going from wall to wall. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm beautiful minding yeah. it in there. <laughs> Chloe just comes and is like, Lane, what are you doing? And you're just like, I- I've almost got it correct. Almost just leave it. me alone. <laughs> I've only got two weeks to get this joke down pat. <laughs> can use all of my, my point break humor yeah. in this one episode, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yes. But uh, and uh, there's also I might be the only person who's Uh-oh. speaking of cameos. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Lee Turgeson's in this film. Who? Lee Turgeson. Lee Turgeson. Do you know Lee Turgeson? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, he played Chet in the Weird Science TV show. What? what? Uh, he played uh, uh, Tobias Beecher in Oz. What? Sure. Uh, yes. W- one of my favorite uh, TV shows of all time. He's it's brutal. He's a that guy actor. Yeah. He's a. Uh, Oh yes, he's in Wayne's World, right? Yeah, he's, he's in, in Wayne's yes, World. Yes, yeah, I love uh, you, he, man. He plays um, uh, 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 um, he's I love you, man. He's like Rosie. Yeah, <laughs> his character, Rosie. his name in this movie is Rosie, and I think he had a line that he said directly into the the the, the film or directly into the camera. camera, and I can't remember it. Like I remember, in break? yeah, in Point Break, I think oh. it's something. It's when yeah, I just think- discovered he's a cop. Uh, Johnny Utah spoilers. The Johnny Whoa. Utah's a cop. <laughs> Wait, and, what? He's a uh, cop. Hold on, what? And <laughs> I thought he was a. Rosie's <laughs> like, we can't risk it, man. Something along those lines. And then that was it. And then to spice the line. God, yeah. yes. And I love his like uh, when everyone. It's oh yeah, they established that he hangs around with all these surfers, but doesn't surf. He plays football with them, but when everyone goes night surfing, he just hangs out by the bonfire and spits like pure grain alcohol yeah. into the fire to that's like. That's his job. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his <laughs> job. Do you remember that? Um, but no, yes, I love this character actor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's some great lines about Rosie. But uh, yeah. yeah, Tobias Beecher, uh, he has an award. It's going to throw everybody off for best kiss in a t- television series. And it's with uh, the guy from Law and Order SVU. What's his name? Uh, Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney. Is this? I just got a Google yeah. image. Sir. What's going on here? What? That, so he, uh, Lee Turgeson plays in a uh, 
prison show uh, where his character is Tobias Beecher. He's in prison, Oz. Um, oh. for, and this show goes on for seven years. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. B.D. Wong is in it. Rita Moreno's in it. It was like the original HBO. gritty HBO show. Yeah, after this came Sopranos. Yeah. So this was in it, and he uh, develops a love relationship with Christopher Maloney's character, who's a brutal, brutal dude. And uh, they shared a kiss, and they won Best Kiss that year. And uh, even, on MTV, on okay. M- yeah, on uh, even At the more Oscars, in- yeah. <laughs> the Best Kiss, Oscar. Helen Mirren yeah, comes uh, out, and now the Best Kiss nominee. She's in an Avatar suit. <laughs> <laughs> It was like I don't get it. What is this from? Because and then James Cameron, I've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey James, you know that new movie idea you've been looking for? (laughs) And the Back to the Future episode. Yeah, Ah, damn it, I'll get it out. But yeah, so he's in it, and like anytime I see him, because I think he's only been in The Purge since 2018. And I was like, oh, wow, there he is. Like I can spot him anyway, because Oz is one of my favorite shows. So I was like, oh, wow. This is this movie gets better and better. Yeah, yeah that's how I feel about Zach Braff. <laughs> oh, I can spot him anywhere. I do love that Lee Turgeson guy. I love him in Wayne's World. Yeah, he's the this I the love you man. Anyone yeah. has ever talked about Lee Turgeson exactly. without a doubt. Yeah. And can I tell you? There's a mo- a tiny moment. It's only because I've uh, you know I've been watching Wayne's World since I was like 11 years old. This is like that one is of my most be, watched yeah. movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. There's a little moment at the end when you know they do those psych out endings at the end mm-hmm. of Wayne's yeah. World. Yeah. And there's a, the one where the whole uh, studio burns down, like the, and it like yeah. starts sparking. Lee Turgeson has this. It's the last shot before it just cuts to all these flames, just the house completely up. You see everyone running out of the studio. Something sparks from the studio starting this fire and Lee Turgeson just does this great ah, oh my hair and runs off because he's got like long heavy metal hair if, if, watch I didn't notice it and now it's like my favorite thing of the last 10 minutes of that movie oh that's hilarious going back to Zach Braff though James yeah, uh, your boy Dr. Cox John C. McGinley is in this movie yeah which is insane that's so good I know young dumb full of cum yeah, man, he's in this movie. He's oh, like, he's so great. He is in it. He's so in it. Uh, yeah, it was, it kind was of an so asshole. weird. Well, so is Ian Scrubs. But uh, it also, was, like in uh, Wall Street, also pretty much any John C. McGinley. Yeah, I mean, he's a hard his, ass. That's his role. Yeah. You know, that's he found his niche. But it was weird seeing him like, oh, shit, he had worked before Scrubs. Yeah, well, just recently, coincidentally, just reading about John C. McGinley auditioning for Scrubs, and in the script they said a John C. McGinley type for Dr. Cox, (laughs) and he went, I'm John C. McGinley, and apparently he had to audition like seven or eight times to be the John C. McGinley type doctor. Wow. They just weren't sure. I would have given up after the sixth. This is just a level of disrespect at this point. Yeah, I am. I'm the character you want. Like, oh, man. But kudos to him. And like, uh, real quick, just because I just want to say, real I kind of liked the writing in here. This movie's it's great. great. Yeah, only because like there's a lot of, um, like, you know what's going to happen next. And then Bigelow's like, no, you don't. Because like in the airplane scene, like they... That's what we call a twist. They just find out he's a cop. Which, real quick, why were they not okay with the cop being their buddy but a lawyer? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Well, because he, because Utah's a narc, basically. He's he's undercover for them. Yeah, but his undercover he's, thing is he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. 
Well, this is a note that I wrote down because initially he, Bodie's the one that went, you're a lawyer, and Johnny Utah doesn't answer. But he tells him he's a lawyer. No, he doesn't. I spe- I specifically. Oh, he went to law. Sc- he says I went to law school, which is true. Which is true. And he then wasn't he goes, lying. "Oh, Utah you're a lawyer." Lie. Yeah, because Johnny Utah was talking around the truth. Uh, oh, okay. Very FBI. I like it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I was felt like it was like towards the end. I was like, "Wait, he's a lawyer." I still wouldn't want to hang out with a lawyer if I'm doing bad things. Because I, I don't good... typically do bad things. Well, I do, and let me tell you, having a lawyer there, perfect. They know how to get you out. I mean, there, maybe he was like uh, they thought of him. He could be the consigliere to yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also <laughs> considering that by the end of this movie, Bodie knows that Utah's a cop, but still is like, no, let's go skydiving first. Right, and it's it, you're tense because you're waiting yeah. for you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and then they just have a genuine sequence of enjoying the adrenaline of skydiving and then the shoe drops so the tension is completely evaporated in that skydiving sequence Utah is back on Bodhi's side and Mm -hmm. then that's when that's when it snaps because Bodhi is all about the adrenaline, man. But, yeah, it's all about the adrenaline. He loves they, to live radically. He loves to live a quarter mile yes. at a time. To- Sorry, a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> a quarter uh, tube. That, that's he likes to live a point break at a time. But they also give you that anxiety leading up to the jump, yeah. where they're like, where like he hands he hands him specifically a, a, a parachute, and you're like, oh, he cut it. Like yeah. that was my first yeah. thought. Then they're in the plane, yeah. and then they're just tossing. The, the parachutes oh, around, fun. and I was fun, like, yeah. "Wait, no! I knew what was going to happen, though." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. changed it. But no, all the parachutes were fine. Yeah, because Bodhi's like, "No, I just, re- I really like skydiving. Let's go yeah. skydiving." And, yeah. and they wanted, yeah, the the other people in Bodhi's gang, they wanted to kill Utah the moment mm-hmm. they find out that he's a cop. Yeah, and Bodhi is like, "I." I think in that moment, because this is like every time I watch it, I still ask these questions of like, why did Bodie still yeah. go to the sky? And it's like, I think Bodie is thought deep down he could convert it's, Keanu yeah, to their yeah. gang to or mm-hmm. to the yeah. to the spirit of like their extreme it's, nature. It's loving. So I don't know what. Sure. Yeah. What do you even call it? Like it's, the source? Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. fucking getting into the source, yeah. man. Getting in tune with the waves yeah. of life. Yes, it's so it's so dense. Every single frame has so much going on, like a real film should. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, talking Unlike to Avatar. talking to that point and talking about the meme that is 1917 and it's one shot. Uh, <laughs> The the first shot of Utah and John C. McGinley <laughs> in the office is a one Is a tr- yes. yes, but it's yeah. it's not a showy. It, it, it's it's not something that's going. Notice how this yeah. is a one shot, which yeah. is just what happens. Quote uh, the Revenant. I'm in looking at you. Uh, nineteen seventeen, definitely. Uh, Birdman. It kind of fits because it takes place in the theater. So. Oh no, I love Birdman. I, I know do. it's one I, of your favorite films of all time. I love Birdman also. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, but just it's it's a really effective one shot that's just showing the chaos of this office environment yeah. and how it kind of just it, this sucks. Yeah. It, it kind of sucks, and then you cut to Bodie and just being part of the waves, yeah. and it, you're just part of nature. That juxtaposition mm. there, yeah. And I love how they are. I mean, I think there is an element to this where it could have been 
way corny, way cheesy, but they're trying to show how this is the new FBI. This yeah, FBI is yeah. about computers yeah, yeah. and data crunching. Yeah. But they kind of sell it in a way where it's like, yes, of course. Of course <laughs> it's about data crunching. Yeah. 1991 yeah. FBI. It also, uh, just for some reason, I'm thinking of Live Free or Die Hard right now. Sure. Uh, but this movie, the FBI is just in an office with computers. And then I'm just thinking about any other Hollywood depiction of the FBI where it's just like glass paneling yeah. and sexy lights sexy. and cameras are right. Cameras are always just sweeping unnaturally. Right. And this one's just in a call center. It's yeah. like a call center. Yeah, it's yeah. cubicles. It just yeah, is like yeah. it looks like hell. Like it looks mm-hmm. all shitty. And your and your manager is John C. McGinley. And your yes. partner is Gary Busey. I, I know. <laughs> Post brain injury. I know it's not the FBI, but then I just think of Fast and Furious. Was it Fast and Furious or Hobbs and Shaw when uh, Shaw is just chilling in his massive, completely glass building? That's Hobbs and Shaw. And you're like, oh, this is a government building. Yeah. As it should be. Oh, yeah. It's in Furious 7 whenever uh, Hobbs is doing paperwork. Yes. And by doing paperwork, I mean he's stamping the paper going, solved. Still, next paper. Solved. 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 Still sweating. Yes! Yeah, yeah, he yeah. literally wipes his brow because <laughs> paperwork is too hard. Still, uh, but yeah. Oh, but, the Fast and the Furious is the best. Oh, it's the great. It's the greatest franchise ever. But, that new F9 trailer. Oh, 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 I love it so much. Real quick. It's so good. Uh, real, side note. Real quick. Does it kind of freak you out that John Cena is also on the Today Show? What he is? What? Yeah, he makes cameos on the Today Show. Oh, so he's not—he's not the Katie Couric. Of he's not. No, show. he's not the Katie Couric. But at the same not time, yet. I was like—I wasn't a big wrestling fan, but I was like, that'd be so weird if Stone Cold just did cameos on Good Morning America. Have, like, have he you just like, have the charisma of John? Have well, you, have you begs to it. differ? Have you seen Blockers? Yes. Uh, because I—I I think that oh, he's genuinely—I think he's genuinely giving a good comedic performance. He's great. Yeah, never, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unlike The Rock, where you're like, "Oh, it's The Rock, but funny." Yeah. I feel like John hey. Cena in Blockers is actually just doing a character. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm, oh, it never yeah, feels yeah. to me like it's John Cena being this. It's not a John Cena type. It's just this character, and right. John Cena just happens to be the best person for this role. Was Blockers his like first like big lead role? No, the one with what's her face. Uh, All right, Amy. Okay, she uh, made Steve Amy O mad Schumer? at a roast. Schumer is it Schumer? Oh yeah, uh, uh, that's right. He was uh, the sensitive. Yeah. But giant yes. hulking sensitive yeah. man. Oh. But even train th- even that you're you're going oh it's train John wreck. Cena being funny. Yeah, but I think that was uh, one of his first. But th- that's more it, supporting, right? I yeah. Think, well, John Cena is the Marine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that yeah. one. Yeah. That old chestnut. Okay. He's yeah. the titular role. That's yeah. his Scorpion King. Yeah. That's yeah. his. Listen, Scorpion King's great. I think we just found another shame watch. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're going, yeah, no, Scorpion King rules. Best movie of all time. Uh, we haven't even... Right ta- up there with Avengers. We I have, mean, uh, have we Endgame, yeah. talked Endgame. about Keanu enough? We could always talk more oh, about yeah, Keanu. Because just thinking about... Uh, Keanu is such an unusual leading man. Correct. And just doing the math, he's going into his fifth decade as a leaning man, folks. He's oh, great. He's the Vince. It's a sports reference, but he's the Vince Carter of films. I don't understand. Vince I Car- bet that is a reference that you and Lane get. Uh, Vince Carter, you a basketball fan? Vince Carter won the 1998 slam dunk contest. Obviously. What's and- a slam dunk? <laughs> 
he's older than the kids he's playing with. Who is it? their parents? Slow down. What is a kid? Fin- <laughs> Vince Carter's a, a, a an icon in the basketball world. Sure, um, but he's never won a, a championship. Uh, oh, so a lot I of people see. give him a lot of flack for that. But uh, yeah, so he's going forty years playing basketball. Oh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say wow. this. I think this will clarify it for everyone. Uh, uh, Keanu Reeves is the Matt Mercer for movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Matt Mercer obviously uh, one of the greatest DMs in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure which one he'll yeah, not sure for this audience, James. I'll be honest. Uh, I know Keanu is the Keanu of films. You also juxtapose this against Swayze, who was a leading man at this point. Uh, And And he found Keanu attractive. Yeah. Yeah. He He was, I think Swayze said about Keanu, he's snack boy. (laughs) I think his direct quote was, he's Addy. But he kind of like put a question mark That's right. It. That's where Zaddy comes yeah, from. He said Zaddy he was in 91. Giving, yeah, he was giving an interview with Leonard Malton on Entertainment <laughs> yeah. Tonight. He was like, so tell me about Keanu. And he was like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Zaddy. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> they were but, like, we'll just cut that out. But 91's no, not ready for it. But everyone was so in the back persuasive at this point. Uh, he's just a charming, charismatic, leaning man. And he hot. The best thing that anyone can say about Keanu at this point is he's great in Bill and Ted. Yeah, because that was just right. about it at this point, right? Because I don't know where Bigelow's like, I want him as an, an actor. I mean, an, uh, and, an action star. And this is the thing about Keanu because somehow he keeps recontextualizing himself and reinventing himself as this other thing. Uh, he just happens like whenever he does the matrix his career is kind of at yet another low point and then boom he just happens to connect himself with some of the smartest geistiest filmmakers at that time it gets put in another action classic the replacements absolutely yeah, yeah, pri- yeah that's yeah, the one that i'm talking what about. i'm realizing yeah prior to this movie okay so my own private idaho actually came out after this oh wow so before this He'd really, I mean, as far as like notable stuff, he'd really only been supporting role in Parenthood, uh, Bill and Ted, the, well, the first Bill and Ted only, uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Oh. Uh, so nothing where you're like, that's my action. Exactly, guy. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. good for Bigelow, man. I don't know yeah. what she saw, she but. She spotted it. Well, because Keanu, one of the things that he is praised for is his slightly blank expressions, because it's really easy to kind of attach something on top of on on top of him, and you can kind of use him to feel through. What's that? What's that called in film? The uh, Kuleshov effect. Uh, very good. The Keanu <laughs> Shop effect. Uh, the Kuleshov effect. Okay. Because uh, they you they can, did it with like they shot the people's blank expressions then cut to like a soup and then back to their expressions and then the viewers would attach a f- certain feeling based on oh, their own body. Yeah, there's a piece of footage that exists where Hitchcock is explaining this thing and it's just a blank expression of Hitchcock and then it cuts away to a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you cut back to Hitchcock and he's like, uh, uh, you just kind of imagine that Hitchcock feels good about the dog. And if then, you feel good about the dog. Uh, and it's then, based uh, on your own perception yeah. of whatever is the yeah. second shot I see. and then you and then the next shot was uh cutting to uh a sexy lady mm-hmm. and then you cut back to hitchcock and you're like oh hitchcock's clearly horny yeah but it's really hey. you're the one really horny. i'm horny yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sorry what were we talking about hey uh, is sexy it's just weird <laughs> the table feels higher for some reason i don't and that was so good thank you that nobody so else good. heard it i got it 
Perfect. I said, oh, hey, gosh. sexy water. Just we talked about. No, no, no. Blood. Don't. No, you're perfect. <laughs> oh, let perfect. every let everyone else just Marinated. miss the opportunity. Is this okay. about shape of water, sexy fish man? <laughs> <laughs> it always is. Hello, I'm sexy fishman. Uh, <laughs> JT, sexy fishman. Hello, uh, have you been in an auto accident? Hi, I'm JT, sexy fishman. I'll fight for you. Uh, just, I'm just looking at Keanu. That's so One eight hundred fish penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <It's> just, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I love this movie, and one thing I feel like that's kind of like an unsung hero about this movie is I love the cinematography in this mm-hmm. movie. The, mm-hmm. the look and finish. feel of this movie. It's and, so sharp. And like yeah. there's something about it, it kind of has... So the name of the cinematographer is Donald Peterman. And, okay, this guy, prior to this movie, as far as big movies that he had DP'd for... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Great wow. movie, but not an action movie. Not a visual feast. Right. And and, uh, uh, and Except for that sweet cut between Steve Martin, John Candy, and that cold dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That dog is cold, though. Now, he also shot... <laughs> he cold. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to this guy, he also shot uh, Cocoon. Oh. Okay. Uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Yeah, that's that's a great looking movie, man. Oh, Lane, Star Trek Four looks so Does it? good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get together okay, sometime. Okay, we'll, watch yeah, the, yeah. we'll go. We'll we'll go take the Voyage S- Home. Splash, big fan of Splash. That's not Star Trek Four. And, and Flash Dance. Okay, but after this movie, he goes on to shoot. Uh, Get Shorty oh, and Men nice. in Black and, nice. and the Jim oh, Carrey shoot. Grinch movie. Yeah, but I love, I fucking love the look at the car chase. Just the chase. It's a mm-hmm. car chase mm-hmm. that turns into a foot chase. Yeah. yeah First, yeah, you got yeah. every time you know everyone talks about the Utah. Give me two. I could eat the ass end of a dead rhino. Yeah. Uh, they got these meatball subs. I love that moment, of course, but it also says to me, buckle up because this is the f- fifteen minutes of some of the best. Filmmaking, action filmmaking of all mm-hmm. time, because you got car chase, then you got foot chase, yeah, and it's yeah. just gorgeous. And now I, that you mention that, sorry, that that foot chase is kind of long. Yeah, it's fantastic. But it, but I don't get bored. Like no, I don't know what's going to happen. It's and, so and, good. And technically, so the way that they shot this was is they had to rig up a special lightweight film camera that had no eyepiece. Because it, oh, had, it, 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 it had to be attached to some sort of a pogo stick, like jerry-rigged kind of a setup. They called it a pogo cam. And a guy, a cameraman, is basically running as fast as he can through these uh, these uh, yards and, and houses. And all he's got is like, imagine like a piece of uh, like wire hanger bent into a rectangle that just approximates what is in frame so that's why it's so jittery and crazy and you got to think like you're sacrificing technical like what what you might think of as like kind of precision for Mm -hmm. just that visceral effect of like and this is like before saving private right before shaky cam was was like a Mm -hmm. big thing yeah you've got such wonderful shaky cam here it's god i just i love that whole and it's also coupled with the fact that shaky cam didn't exist before so you got a little bit more of a formalist 
movement where you you're kind of hanging on those shots a little bit more so your brain is just not you're 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 not being propelled through the scene necessarily because of the pacing of the cuts it's yeah and it's kind of like pre-cg so everything that you're seeing is it like that car chase is legit one of my favorite car chase mo car chase moments of all time and it's just yeah. these two cars driving through a parking lot right like yeah. they're not going 100 miles an hour on the freeway it's just the tires screeching and the, just the visceral impact of like yep these look like two cutlasses just mm -hmm. uh pedal to the metal uh station wagon and anything could happen to, to talk movie. about another skydiving sequence because i've just recently been going through the Marvel Power movies Rangers. not power rangers uh, the opening sequence of power rangers has the red hot chili pepper song which ties in That's a point true. break whoa whoa it's all full circle, man. <laughs> so Avatar. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I just watched Iron Man 3 recently, nice. which is... Mm. Well, like Shane it. Black. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Uh, and one of the special features on that is going, yeah, we shot the skydiving sequence for real. And then that th that's cool. And then you go into the post-production sequence of this, and they're like, well, we had to make the background look like Florida because it was set in Florida, so we had to completely comp out the ocean and the sky. And, uh, well, we also had to get Iron Man in there, so we had to put that in there. And then you look what? at the shot of Iron... Uh, of the skydiving sequence in Iron Man 3 and the only thing that looks tactile is the people that are falling which is you could have done on a green screen set because they effectively <laughs> have replaced everything except uh. for the person and then in here where you're just not worried necessarily about what if this actually looks like Southern California although they're probably shooting in Southern California but you're just taking what you've got and just letting it sit you have a shot of Patrick Swayze going, adios, amigo. And then he just <laughs> falls backwards. Yeah. And it's yeah. one shot. It's yeah, awesome. it looks so it's gorgeous. Awesome. It's yes. thrilling and incredible. Uh, and that's why I give Point Break an Oscar. I give yep. it yep. an Oscar for best. <laughs> yeah, I love I love this guy naming sequences. They're so amazing. And I can remember uh, a bunch of my high school friends who had given me shit did not want to watch it. And we're just like hanging out. I put on Point Break in the background. Nice. And by the time we get to those skydiving sequences, everyone is just mesmerized by what they're watching and yeah. saying, I want to go skydiving. Yep, yep, uh, yep. I got to say, I, this is one of my favorite... Uh, like maybe someday this will be like my my uh, my dramatic monologue uh, in an audition. Someday will be me <laughs> reciting the Bodhi lines. Oh, which by the way, I wanted to say um, in Buddhism, the word Bodhi is linked to the state of Nirvana, where the soul is free from hate, greed, and ego. Oh. Siddhartha Gautama, the wise sage who was the founder of Buddhism, was sitting under a Bodhi tree when he attained enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Tyler explains to Johnny Utah that Patrick Swayze's character is named Bodhi, the Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva is a term in the Buddhist religion meaning an enlightened being who out of compassion forgoes nirvana in order to save others. Bodhi means wakefulness whoa that's right awesome. on, man. i love this movie <laughs> okay I, there's so much intention and thought in this film and i forgive the last act because i love the two, first two so forgive much. yeah the, it's the, all good the last act is so because there's another skydiving sequence so it's so like, good and there's, <laughs> i just want to say the skydiving scene in power rangers mm. makes me want to skydive well, see, what I liked about the skydiving scene in this one specifically is whenever 
because you you already have enough anxiety. You're like, oh, Keanu's gonna die. Oh, like yeah, he's yeah, going yeah, to. Yeah. They know yeah. he's, they know who he is. And there's that moment where it's just Swayze and Keanu just holding hands, and again, hot for whatever reason. <laughs> and like you're just like they're holding. He's like you first. And he's like, at a thousand feet, you oh. pull your parachute, oh, yeah, 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 and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm getting anxiety. What's yeah, what's yeah, yeah. Happen? yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, you, no, you. And he's like, all right, yeah. And then Brody pulls Ke- Keanu's uh, Johnny, cord, Johnny Utah's, Johnny Utah's cord, and you're like, oh, okay, this is where he dies. And the parachute opens fine. And yeah, and, and he lands fine. safely in the water. And you're like, god damn it, when is it gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you have me waiting? That's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Let me say. Uh, oh, uh, we have one person we haven't talked about is Lori Petty. Oh, yes. Lori Petty oh, is yeah. so good in this, and uh, yeah. this was another one that Bigelow fought hard for. That the studio was pushing blonde bombshells mm, for this role, kind sure. of the, the 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 prototypical Beach Boys esque surfer girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, uh, Bigelow wanted Petty because she's like. She's someone who you could imagine holding her own against yeah. all these tough oh, people. Yeah. She like can give it as good as she gets it. She can yeah. give it right back to him. She's tough. She's spunky. She's cool. She's one of the surfers. She's, yeah, she's yeah. one of them. And I fucking love when... Um, oh, yeah, this is such a dumb moment. And I love it. I say dumb, but I fucking love it. James, and this is my, really dumb. Yeah, my, my, Here it comes. Chloe and I love to point out, this is one of our, our favorite little choice moments in this movie, is when Utah goes to Sw- uh, Bodie's house party at, to, to hang out with uh, Lori Petty. Mm-hmm. When it cuts to the house party, it uh, they immediately try to establish, this is a group of fucking weirdos, man! <laughs> and they, they start playing this uh, Hendrix song, If Six Was Nine. Yeah. You just hear this like, dun dun and it just cuts to this like like someone taking a tequila shot off of some a woman's cleavage and yeah, then it yeah. just cuts to this one dude with like underwear on his head just going it makes no sense and every time we watch it we love it so we're like look at these weirdos <laughs> Uh, I love. love Uh, Okay, but my my Bodie moment, the the uh, the other Oscar worthy scene here is um, (laughs) when the big reveal in the van after the first skydiving sequence, and Bodie reveals that Lori Petty has been kidnapped to Mm. as an insurance policy for Utah. Um, uh, (laughs) Keanu starts going, "You're a fucking dead man," and and Swayze. Uh, talking while being choked out by mm-hmm. Utah says, "Hold it, man! Think it through, man! I'm the only one that knows where she is. I'm the only one. So let me talk. Let me talk." Keanu says, "Talk," and he goes, "She'll be fine. Rosie won't do anything." God, I yeah. love, I love that this Good guy's name is Rosie. Um, as long as I meet him at a certain place and time in six hours. You call him right now and tell him to let her go. Sorry, I can't do it, bro. <laughs> They're on the road, and where they're going, there are no phones, so you're out of luck. <laughs> and, and then, God, and the way Swayze sells this next, these next few lines, he says, I hate this, Johnny. I really do. I hate violence. That's why I need Rosie. I could never do that. I could never hold a knife to Tyler's throat. She was my woman. We shared time. But Rosie is a, 
a mechanism, you know? Oh Once you set him in motion, gosh. he will not stop. Oh my God. It's like fucking... Like, that's, the way he says, like, so I could good. never do... And you realize, like, oh, this is why people uh, love Charles Manson. Yeah. Like, why people yeah. fell for this man. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. kind of has this charisma where it's like, yeah, this dude, ma- this Bodhi guy, he makes sense, you yeah, know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. His, uh, yeah. His dialogue is poetry, but then you read the poetry and you're like, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of that... <laughs> This well. doesn't add up, yeah. yeah. But it's so—it's just like uh, a great villain is one you can kind of empathize. Mm-hmm. Like the ones yeah. that are just pure evil, it's just they're a cartoon. Right. But like right. the Hans Grubers are like, eh, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> he has right. the human yeah. element. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, I can, I can see why you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's why in Avengers Endgame, I was just like, I mean, Thanos is What are you talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of people, Kenny. But it's the best movie of all time. So, so I, think Avatar, for, <laughs> I think it's time for uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Ah, oh, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, so, uh, what we like to mm. do... Is, oh, yes, Lane? The rotten t- no, 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 I'm just saying, oh, I'm excited. Lane, please, go on. <laughs> I had that. Okay. Uh, so, the Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good, it is only a score of how many people liked it. Uh, I'm going to ask our esteemed panelists in front of me, uh, which, as per usual, is James and Aaron, along with our uh, great best friend, uh, Lane, mm-hmm. uh, yep. local uh, actor, uh, comedian, dare I say, raconteur, and therapist. Uh, <laughs> a licensed professional uh, counsel- counselor. Counselor, yep, thank you. Cool. Uh, Am I saying it wrong by telling you a therapist? No, I always call myself a therapist because a therapist is kind of a nice umbrella term. Okay. So, like, a psychologist who does therapy sessions could say oh, I'm a therapist okay. or a counselor or a, yeah so it's kind of a catch all term so I like I use them interchangeably okay. oh. I probably say I'm a therapist more because sometimes when people hear licensed professional counselor they think like school counselor which uh, is not yeah, yeah, which yeah. is not what I do yeah so. like I didn't <laughs> yeah. know uh, masseuse was the incorrect term correct so yeah that's uh, why I like to like that's why I asked yeah. because people call me a masseuse I'm like no 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 that's a disguised sex worker uh, that's doing massage. Uh, a massage therapist is an actual massage therapist. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah. I uh, just, I hug people. I don't that's know if right. that's got a title. Uh, <laughs> I give nice hugs. person. Yeah, I'm a good, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> a professional nice guy. Yeah. I'm a professional nice guy. Here's my card. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have friends that are lawyers. <laughs> yeah, so I do too. I, I, so I don't mind that because I don't do bad stuff is what I'm saying. Aaron, I do. Aaron, literally no one is out. saying that you're doing bad stuff. I, I, I keep them on payroll. Wow. I do bad stuff. <laughs> a consigliere, I knew it. Yeah, a consigliere I'm, just to help make sure you're always doing good stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's the right thing, consigliere? <laughs> it's when your anxiety is real bad. You just need someone to just kind of make sure you're being real. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's my consigliere. Are you, um, are you mob? No, no, I just... I want to be a good person. No, no, I just I, have one. I, I have this dumb joke where it's like... Uh, uh, James, this is a dumb joke. <laughs> I'm the ready? beginning of Goodfellas, but it's just ever since I, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a good boy. And it's, and it's just like guy who's like tries to be. This is about me and my own anxiety, but it's just like uh, then there was uh, Tommy. Uh, thanks two times. He would always thank everybody twice. Like, hey, thanks for that thing you did the other day. See, we no, but seriously, thank you. Really meant a lot to me. <laughs> 
Can you write that sketch? <laughs> can you write it so I can film it? <laughs> when you said that, I pictured like a, a push on a golden retriever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That could, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to ask you for two scores, one being the critical approval rating as well as the audience approval rating. And starting uh, with James, uh, uh, 59. Critical reviews on Rotten sure. Tomatoes. What do you think the critical score is without going under? John is... Polite guy Pizzotti. I'm trying to just think of Johnny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna say eighty nine percent. Eighty nine percent. Why eighty nine percent? I think people like this movie. And I think critics were okay with it. <laughs> I think That's the good. general That's population liked it, but I think critics were like. Mm. So you, it's 89% on the audience score? Is that the percentage? No, we're doing critic. Critic right Critic, okay, and then gotcha. we'll go back around for I audience. I see it for audience, okay. Uh, hey, great question. <laughs> Good job, Lincoln. Good job, Lincoln. Nikki Handshake and Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> he's an Irish guy, so he can't get paid, but he's still in a... <laughs> this is just this fun. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, I just really Johnny like the Tipper like the mob, yeah. Johnny the Tipper Matola. He always gives forty <laughs> percent. Uh, John Good Guy Gotti would have been a good one, but he's just not. My name is John Gotti, but also not that one. <laughs> I'm just a good guy. And then, the, and then there was Jimmy. Jimmy was the kind of guy who rooted for the good guys in movies. <laughs> Have you guys seen this Paddington movie? <laughs> oh, man. He just wants his Aunt Lucy to be happy about him. <laughs> you opened a real can of worms, man. <laughs> I'm glad this is at the last film. Well, we're going to do another hour. Uh, Are you I'm sure gonna... that no one has anything else to say about Avatar? <laughs> I'm going to say... Critic score. Oh, critic score. Uh, a reminder, Aaron. Nothing is 62. at stake. 62%. Wow. Remember, you're trying not to go under. Yeah. You don't want to go under? Is that the deal? It's no. the reverse price of right rules. Yeah. Because we're about positivity on this podcast. Yeah, I don't want to go under. That's yeah. right. You said 89. Yeah. I'll say, you said 62. 62. I'll say 75. 75. Nice. That's good. Nice. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a sweet in the middle. Uh, well, one of you is closest without going under. It's Lane. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, oh, the critical approval rating is very nice at a 69%. Nice. Oh. That's, yeah, that's nice. Nice. Okay. But the number could be different with this audience score. Let's find out. Uh, okay. So Lane wins round one. Yes, and he could win this round if he gets it right again. <laughs> Thank you for explaining. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because yeah, I wonder if, if people would take the time to log their... Rotten their re, re, reaction to yeah. a movie that came out 29 years ago. You'd be yeah. surprised. Remember, Lane, would they like it or many hate it? people have a lot of spare time? Yeah, that's true. Okay, dang, that's a tough one. Yeah. So start it start uh, with me, or it's starting with Lane okay, yeah. out of 133,529 <laughs> audience ratings. What do you think the audience score is for? Point break. This was 29 years ago. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Yeah, yeah all of these ratings were taken 29 years ago. <laughs> I. I have a... F- oh, shit. I'm going to... You don't want to go under. Okay. I'm going to say 75% again. Okay. 75%. That's like safe. Yeah. yeah. Playing it safe? Yeah, playing it safe. Uh, Mikey Manners uh, Maggiano. I'm going to say 82. <laughs> 82%. I really like this movie, and I think mm. the people were like, I need to tell them as many people as possible, so they got in right okay. uh, What's interesting about that guess is that it's different from Lane's. <laughs> 
You know, I like to just be bold. And I don't know if you remember this, but Lane won the first round. <laughs> so it's just what an interesting strategy. I should do, be a football commentator. Oh, my God, please. Yeah. Can we? we have that's got to be a Patreon goal. We have the Super Bowl. We, you want to get on there? No. I can make some calls. That's yeah. going to be so dull. The Super Bowl is going to be dreadfully dull. All right. It James. Is. Yep. What is your guess? I'm going to say 94%. Whoa, yeah. I think people love this movie, me Cause, included. Because, uh, let's be honest, Swayze found Keanu attractive. Yeah. We're putting yeah. It, that's canon. We're putting it in the canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, congratulations, Lane, uh, because my friend Aaron uh, <laughs> has gotten in and you've just gotten to witness uh, yeah. Aaron being closest without going under is 79%. Oh, wow. I like wow. my answer okay. better. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, 10 yeah. away from being real nice. You're nice. absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, is there any movie that has a double nice of 69? <laughs> oh, like, we have to find it. We have to find it. Fast and Furious is really close. Yeah. 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 And we yeah. think it's because it was a lot of bros just being like, it'd be real cool if we could get it to 69. Yo, bro. <laughs> Let's get Fast and Furious to get 69. Also, yeah. for some reason, the highest audience rating that we've ever had on this uh, yeah. Let just literally on the, most ra- people rated was too fast, too furious. It's a great movie. With thirty million people having an audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. What was the score reason. of that one again? I think that probably one was like six, seventy. It was close to sixty nine. Probably sixty nine. Yeah. Probably. And I, like I said, I think it was just a bunch of bros being like, "It'd be real funny <laughs> if we got this to sixty nine. <laughs> All the press in the world, yeah, had a yeah. They create that's, that's their initiation. <laughs> There's some voting bots that yeah, just yeah. kind of. Tweet, the algorithm just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. gets it up just just right. <laughs> well, to be fair, Tyrese was hungry, and oh, he, was, he hungry, he yeah. hungry. This is one of those things I probably should have said at the start of the episode, but oh. maybe through the magic of editing, you put none. Oh, we uh, don't edit this. Yeah, yes, uh, yes we do. <laughs> no, 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 it's all. This wrong. is live. But I thought this was worth putting out. So I did I, on my previous failed podcast. Which the, one? The training montage, oh. which was a a short lived. We had like we did like twenty episodes. I think mm. we did. Uh, but a, all cut it, rapidly it was, together. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a podcast where we just talked about sports movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nice. I don't know nice. why we only did 20 episodes. Um, there's 20 episodes. <laughs> there's a lot. You're like, so, well, we did Southpaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Fucking Southpaw. He ain't zaddy in... Olivia, get out of mic. This is Olivia, our uh, social media. Hi, what's hey, up? Nice so, to meet you. Nice to meet you. So I also met Jake Chillenhall. Oh, and, stop. And he's hot and he's just... That's great. He's, he's also cut. really nice. He's like ripped. Yeah. And he, yeah, I've heard he's just a nice guy. Uh, did you know that he's going to win Best Actor for Mr. Music and the John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch? Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. That yes. was so good. That was, was, I think, my favorite so part. Yeah. Oh, my God. That whole special so is incredible. Hard to that. God, that's great. Oh, but just my little note was, if you count this as a sports movie because of that sort of X Games surfing yeah. kind of mm-hmm. uh, aspect, this was the highest grossing sports movie of 1991. Oh. oh. It was the 29th highest grossing movie of 91. Uh, the other sports movies that year uh, were Necessary Roughness <laughs> and uh, Lionheart, if you count that, which was just about oh. underground fighting. Yes. Underground uh, precursor to UFC. I don't know. Sure. Uh, when, did, so there you uh, go. when did Remember the Titans come out? 98? I feel like that's Remember 2001, 2002. Yeah, kind of early. Really? Yachts, I yeah, think. man. Okay. Yeah, that feels... Gosling's late. in that movie. Yeah. 
You might sunshine. Say, you he, might say '91 not a great year for sports movies. <laughs> if Point Break is like, <laughs> it's like the, the, the Hoosiers of. Uh, <laughs> It's the fucking Hoosiers of 91. We but didn't even talk about the fact that Gene Hackman plays the coach in Point Break. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Mighty Ducks. Come on, guys. I got it. I got that. Thank you. He was just confirmed he's going to be in the new one. There's a new Mighty Ducks? Oh, yeah. 2000. Remember oh. the Titans was in 2000. So that was close <laughs> Y2K. I've got to say. It was Y2K. N- well, 2000. that wasn't on January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! I'm yeah. so sorry. I know we're kind of in wrap up mode, but no, I have we a got co- more to talk, talk, talk about Avatar. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of have a couple of dumb notes yeah. uh, that I forgot to. So, <laughs> Glenn Wilder it was the stunt coordinator on this movie, and I found out through my painstaking research. This is awesome. So, so he, he did stunts for Die Hard. Whoa. Terminator 2 and the Bad Boys movies and he did stunt training for all of the actors who were going to have to do oh. uh, the fight scenes mm-hmm. and the only person who didn't show up to the training was Anthony Kiedis and so that's why Anthony Kiedis gets taken out in the fight scene after the first punch and he <laughs> fucking hated it um, he yeah. fucking hated that he got his character got his ass kicked that's on the first punch that's why, isn't that yeah, awesome that's why you show up, show up <laughs> they were just man. like yeah he didn't do the training so he gets out in the first punch I love that punishment isn't that great <laughs> show up to rehearsal man yeah yeah so there you go. Do you have any other notes? Uh, well, Patrick Swayze loved skydiving and wanted to do a shit ton of his own skydiving in this movie. And they were so afraid because he's Mr. Big Star and the yeah. insurance policies and all that. So they let him do, I think, the one, the couple scenes that are really Swayze. Uh, I think the only sw- scene, unfortunately, that's really Swayze doing the real shit is him falling out of the back of the airplane. I mean, if it had to be one. Did you, yeah. I mean, those those skydiving scenes look so gorgeous, and yet yeah. all of those close-ups it, it looks, are fake. It looks really? like... Isn't that... I, I was yeah. blown away by that. And you know what sells it? They're they're like they're suspended mm-hmm. uh, uh, over like a giant fan. Mm-hmm. The camera's down low, and then the camera just kind of shakes oh, a little bit, yeah. it and it feels exactly like you're seeing. But of course, yeah. when someone's really skydiving, you, you really can't get close ups. Apparently, but it looks yeah. like Swayze in those wide shots. It looks it looks like his profile. I yeah. thought that was him doing that air ballet stuff. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. apparently that I think is a stunt double. But I'm that not. that's a dead ringer for Swayze. Though. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I think they must have been like a uh, like. Your your uh, Leo and Brad Pitt once upon a time. In oh, Hollywood sure. Just yeah. Like yeah, yeah, tight relationship maybe. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. well, that's all I got. That I, I, <laughs> thank I, you. Lynn. I love this movie. Thank you for bringing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you liked it. I, 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 I was oh, telling Kenny, I was like, this is going to be the highlight of my week. I fucking Aww. love Point Break, and it's weird. Every summer, at least once, if not more than once, my wife and I just have to have this on oh, either I in get the it. background awesome. or yeah. it's just like summer is coming. It's yeah. that movie like sometime around. May or June, it's just like gotta gotta have it on. Yeah. I could see this being your weekly like Saturday morning routine. Just get up, brush <laughs> yeah. your teeth, put up point break, oh, yeah. clean up the house a little. Oh fuck, I'm so sorry. We gotta talk about the fucking Tom Sizemore cameo. Is Sizemore Sizemore in has this little part in this movie putting uh beer in his cereal. Oh, that's oh. Tom Sizemore. That's Tom Sizemore, who's fucking great, and he has this one little scene and he does the uh t- talking about someone who's gunning for a supporting actor. <laughs> you think I like this hair, man? You think oh, I like these clothes. My wife wants me to stay at the fucking Ramada. Oh, I've been on these guys for three months. Three months. 
two. Oh, it's so great! I'm just, dude. This movie and Anthony Kiedis getting shooting himself in the foot, literally. Some of the greatest things in in the the effects were kind of gross. Like it was good. It was nice. The close up on Kiedis. Oh, so good. Well, two last things, and then we'll take it to a close. Yeah. Keanu's face getting held so close to that lawnmower. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, you yeah. did it. Which I'm just thinking about. If that was shot now, that would just be a CG lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it would be, just be so post processed that it would look fake, even if they got a lawnmower there. Yeah. And it, it, it's genuinely tense. That and the fact that in this movie, the protagonist, the protagonist tough guy, gets beat by a completely nude woman. Yeah. And also the fact that it's not some kind of um, what is it? Uh, emasculating thing. It, it's not played as a joke. It's not some wide shot of this woman. She with, genuinely kicked his ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. like Bigelow said. Yeah, I'll give you a naked woman in this. The producers like yeah. gotta have some nudity. You yeah, know, have yeah, some yeah. TNA. Bigelow's like, yeah, okay. There's gonna be a naked woman, but she's gonna kick some ass. She's gonna kick <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Com- protagonist's comple- ass. Completely nude, and there's never <laughs> any sort of leering shot on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just see all of her nipples. Yeah. Out there, uh, so teenage boys everywhere could be like, "Yeah, I can, I'll take this." No, it's just a straightforward shot of Keanu Reeves completely getting beaten up mm-hmm. without it feeling emasculating, yeah. as well. Which is just right. a lovely thing about Bigelow and her t- taking a lens to masculinity, because this movie also has such a complex view of masculinity. Uh, the the FBI is just so hardcore masculine, and then the, the surfers. Uh, I wish Nick it was Jossie. You're a real blue flame special. (laughs) Quarterback (laughs) punk, yeah. And can we say, I mean, Keanu. We can say. He he chooses his love. He he Mm -hmm. chooses her over uh, his partner, Pappas, R.I.P., Uh, that's true love right there. Rest and then he happens. throws his FBI badge into the ocean at the end. He oh, says yeah. in the in the ending, he still surfs every day. Yeah. He's been tracking Bodie across the world. <gasps> Missed you by about a week in Kaha. Found a chunk of meat down in Cabo. Turned out to be Rosie. In all of his world travels, he says, still surfs. Every day. Logistically, how is that even possible? Anyway. <laughs> it's a lot of dedication. A lot of dedication, yeah. Anyway. He found a lot anyway. of pools yeah. and had other people create waves It's just for him it. and a Romana just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> Kenny is hovering right yeah. now. And yeah. just... It's a really great <laughs> visual gag. I it's guarantee. Awesome. So in that sense, Bodhi kind of won because Keanu has been converted. Yeah. Bodhi yeah. gets to go out on the 50-year storm. He dies. He has a good death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. But also, it's just a complete repudiation of all of this toxic masculinity as well because... Uh, Keanu is able to recognize the gray in there and the joy and the terrors of participating in masculinity. Because mm, yes. Bodhi's chasing adrenaline the whole time, and that's him just being too much of a macho dude. Yeah. It's the right. thing that turns him in, as opposed to Keanu, who starts off as the star quarterback. And right. then blows out his knee, mm-hmm. can no longer participate in traditional masculine roles, goes to law school, tries to dip back into the metaphorical waters by of masculinity by becoming an agent of the FBI. You're on to something. You know, yeah, because... Or like a police, some, some sort of law. You're on to something. Because, yeah, anyone who doubts 
what Kenny is saying, go back and rewatch the football scene where they're playing football on the beach mm-hmm. and the moment where Keanu chases down Bodhi yeah. way outside the like they're way out of bounds, tackles him in the ocean, and then you hear those the waves crashing. Yeah. 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 And they're just staring at each other and everyone's like, Hey, Johnny, what the fuck? Like, uh, dude, take it easy, man. What's your problem? And then Bodhi stands up for him and is like, Don't you know who we got here? This is Johnny Utah. And then it was like, Oh, Johnny, yeah, you yeah, you blew out your knee in the Rose Bowl. I love you, man. Rose is just spitting grain out <laughs> yeah. all on the fire still. <laughs> but there's that, that like going like these clash of the titans. And there yeah. is kind of that like there's like kind of a swing and dick contest the whole movie yeah. between, oh, yeah, yeah, between yeah. those two characters. It's yeah, and it's kind of it, there's some they're playing in some gray area there about but masculinity. Utah's been disappointed by going going hardcore in, yeah. in any of these things. He's always got to step outside of it, but yes. he's always felt this obligation to participate in these things because he wants to be the best. Right. And now he's finally just completely disillusioned with all of it and just has to find his own truth. Yes, he descended into hell and returns enlightened. Oh, descends into the hell of uh, that. It's represented in mm-hmm. the wild waters of the <sighs> Southern California. And that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for <laughs> writing this. Wait, wait, James, wait. If you want the ultimate, <laughs> you got to pay the ultimate podcast. That's been our episode of Shame Watch. <laughs> Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song, and to James Garcia for our artwork, and to Olivia Suarez for our social media. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever <laughs> podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions or a question, comments, or just general Tom glory, and you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. That's, once again, patreon.com Slash shame watch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. And as part of that perk, we're going to say names of, of our patrons. Starting with Kenny Madison of Austin, Texas, Aaron O. Salinas of Austin, Texas, Gene Fight of Bowling Green, Ohio, Alan Smith of Austin, Texas, <laughs> Bradley McPherson. Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Horatio Gonzalez. Heraclio Gonzalez, Jr. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Cheyenne, Um, Wyoming. I thought it was Gillette. It's Gillette, Gillette, Wyoming. Gillette, Wyoming. Until next time, our watch has now ended. (laughs) Dive at your own risk. Oh, now there's silence. We never (laughs) talked about the ex-presidents. I just want to say. Wait, Aaron? (laughs) 